0: Well, hey, welcome to another edition of Lunch Hour with Renault. Um, What's I up, am guys? with Renault. Renault is having lunch hour. I am, and uh, we're having a good time.
1: That chip just broke.
0: We actually were chatting about chickens and chicken coops before we <laughs> jumped we on. We were. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, Super if this is a normal thing. We just
1: moved our chicks in with the bigger chickens. That's why it came up. So we're interested
0: chicks. in chickens. Renault is a extraordinary chicken raiser. Not,
1: Not so much. much. Not really. Well, they survived. So that's good.
0: So, so here we are. We're so far into uh, this COVID life that we've, we've, we've gotten to the point where we're just so delirious. We're just talking about chickens. Like this is the world that we're living in right now. Um, but we have been over the last few weeks uh, kind of journeying through and talking through some of the dynamics that exist in the world that we're living in now. Um, with uh, a pandemic that has happened, with um, the reality of lockdown, change in pace of life, all the things that have happened, relational dynamics. And so today we're going to talk a little bit more about that.
1: We are because I think as we expected in this journey, it's so ever-changing because it's the good news is it's not like a 12-year journey. It's really just a few months uh, in terms of the trying to adjust to what it all means. And so we expected that at a certain point, we'd have to start making the adjustment back. And so the the trouble is it's been long enough now that the way back is an adjustment. Mm -hmm. And so what we're finding is that uh, there is a lot of, confusion is probably not the right word, but a lot of uh, question about what the new normal is and should be, and that is leading to a lot of opinions about what the new normal should uh, be, what should stay, what shouldn't, what should we never go back to, and everyone disagrees uh, across the board. kind of in
0: every facet of life. In every facet of life. Work life, home life,
1: school, all that kind of stuff. And so what's happening now is, as we're entering back into what we will get back to as a normal, whatever that may fully be, it is going to be a bumpy ride back in relationally because we are all typically in a space where we have a reason for what we think things should be and we can't fathom how other humans can't have the same reasoning. That's just kind of, we're all in that boat on some level. Now different personalities express that differently and feel that differently, but secretly, uh, and you know this because when you're reading online, depending on what kind of article you're reading is going to depend on how you feel either. Thank you, finally, a thinking person or what kind of an idiot writes this? Right? And there's no one even around. You're just reading an article. So so uh, we have found that in the discussions that we've been having in different um, settings that the pace at which tensions rise in discussion is extraordinary. Now that's partly because we've lived in a world for a while now where the polarization between uh, political parties, the polarization between denominations, the polarization between ethnicities. The I mean, we, we live in a very polarized world. It's yeah. always been that way to an extent, and it has had its ebbs and flows throughout history. I think we are at a fairly high um, ebb on that. Sure. And so, especially politically, it's just been a really uh, tense couple of years where the politic, the, 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 the attitude of politics is try to create as much dissension yeah. across party lines. And so what's ended up happening is we're so used to, I think, this like, whatever you say, it is my job to play devil's advocate and to say the opposite, and then your job to do the same. And at the end of the day, I'm not really here to learn to agree with you or even agree to disagree. Yeah. I'm really here to either convince you or walk away thinking, you just... Aren't thinking now? We take that oh, wow. to a whole new level when instead of having conversations, we're just doing that as we go, right? So, you, you said something uh, today earlier, Joel, that I think was uh, very right on. Is that you know the wearing of a mask right now has become the metaphor for whether you care or don't care, right? right. Whether you're uh, rebellious or whether you're conforming, whether you care about freedom. Or whether you're just gonna be walked all over by the like. Yeah. I mean, literally, I I could. It, it's so funny when I when I look at people and like, if you're wearing a mask, clearly you don't care about free, being free. And remember what Braveheart said: "They can take our lives, but they will never take our freedom." Right? Right, right. And on the other side, you're like, life is more important than stupid little rights that don't matter that you're that you're voluntarily submitting for the sake of the greater community. This is not about freedom yes, it is. And, and all it is, is am I wearing a mask or am I not wearing a mask? Right. And so uh, what, what we really wanted to do today was just to dialogue a little bit about what movement forward needs to look like from a biblical community perspective, both internally, us to one another, because remember, Jesus did say, they will know you follow me, by your love for each other, right. your respect for each other, your grace toward each other. Not not like by your insanity yes. and judgment toward each other. So there there is an They will know you by your opinions. By your opinions. No, it's like they will yeah. know you by the way you handle each other. Right. And then the world will know Jesus by the way we care for them. Mm-hmm. So because we are the hands and feet of Jesus, the body of Christ. Yeah. So I I think it is important for us in this new transition of getting back to normal uh, to just dialogue a little bit about what some things are that we need to remember as people who follow Jesus in our expressions of our opinions, in our judgments of others' opinions, and how we navigate these waters that are going to have, by definition, lots of differing thoughts, but perhaps right heart, Different thoughts, and everyone is wrong, and everyone is right at some point in this process. And sometimes, even two opposing thoughts might both, in that context, be the right move. So, we've been wrestling a lot about gosh, where are these lines? And yeah, that's what I'm and talking we're about. also
0: wrestling about, okay, what is it going to look like when we do transition towards gathering together at yep. church again? You know, I, I'm sure this is true for you, but pretty much everyone I run into, everyone I talk to, you know, out in public or wherever, um, people are asking the question, so when are we going to get back together again, right? I mean, that's probably the number one question that you're getting to. When are we going to have gatherings together yep. again? And so as we're considering and then when we that... Do,
1: what safety precautions are going to What's be it taken? going to look like? Yeah. So there's just so many, so many things. Yeah.
0: So we're asking a lot, but one, one thing that has really become painfully obvious. I just obvious. want, I just want you to know
1: something. Yeah. Just because um, that I want, I want you to know how much I'm conscious mm-hmm. that we live in a world with viruses that move now. I dropped this chip on the floor, mm-hmm. and before COVID-19, I would have picked that thing up and eaten it in two flat seconds. Oh yeah. I still want to eat it. Yeah. But for the sake of community, and not like freaking you guys all out, I am not going to eat this chip. It the, is taking everything in me to say, just leave it alone, there's, it, it there's dropped on the floor. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's germs. I just no, no, want you no, to know the that. The five second rule right, is Right here. Dead. The, the that, five that, second rule has died has along with, uh, as, as part of the COVID-19 right. impact. Right. And so my chip that should be eaten is going to rest in peace right here oh on, the, on the chair.
0: Oh man. So this is a crazy world that we live in that even our chips falling oh, have been impacted by so and, and it is true. I mean like no, this has become such a massive thing. Like our jobs have been impacted. The world that we live in, our everyday life has changed, um, and 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 really, this is going to impact and has already impacted the way we do church. I mean, we've been doing mm-hmm. gatherings of the saints, but online, which is so yep. unprecedented, so different. Yep. I mean, we've had live stream for years, just yep. as an option, yeah, you know, totally. for traveling or whatever. But this is just so different. And I think as we consider what is it going to look look like, there are a lot of important details to consider. I mean. Uh, you know, what safety precautions are going to be in order, or what are we going to, you know, how are we thinking about kids' kids ministry and that sort of thing? All of those details are really important. But I think the, the most important thing, the number one thing that has to be on all of our hearts and on all of our minds is how are we going to do this in love? How yep. are we going to do this yep. unified yep. Uh, under what the gospel says is true yep. as the body of Christ, as his That's people? Right. Because I'll, I will um, tell
1: you, if we get some logistics wrong, yeah. if we get some operations wrong, if we make some wrong decisions and we look back and go, ah, we should have moved faster or we should have moved slower or we should have waited or we shouldn't have waited, right? Right. Those things will fade yep. into history. Yep. But I'll tell you what will not fade into history is our attitude toward one another in light of the gospel. Yeah. That'll so make
0: a real impact. It'll make people. a real
1: impact. So this is the most important thing we as a church need to think about. And so it's for me, it's always like, you know, with, with weddings, I always tell a, a couple that's going to be getting married, I tell them, listen, you're going to spend a tremendous amount of time focused on flowers and colors of tablecloths and a big party that happens after the wedding. You're going to spend unbelievable amounts of money on that party. You're going to care about all sorts of details. And then the day before the wedding, you're going to say to me, uh, do we have vows? So the promises you're going to make before God for a lifetime are an afterthought. Mm-hmm. The ceremony is an afterthought for many yeah. and the party is the big focus yeah. and we do that a lot in life so yeah. here we are we will make the logistics and reality and when and how to the focus but oftentimes it is actually the thing that's most important is the thing that's just behind the scene but It's why you do this. We gather up so we can love each other well. We gather up so we can go into the world and scatter well. Spur
0: one another on. And spur one another on. To love and good
1: deeds. How are we going to spur one another on toward love and good deeds? How are we going to love each other? This is a question we have to be as focused, if not more focused on, than how we're going to do this from an operational or logistical standpoint.
0: Yeah, there's a really good article that the Gospel Coalition uh, posted recently. And the title of the article is, Church, Don't Let Coronavirus Divide You. Uh, And it starts out by saying, uh, for church leaders and elder boards everywhere, the last few months have presented a near constant array of complex challenges related to shepherding a church during the COVID-19 pandemic. The latest complex challenge is perhaps the trickiest yet, how to prudently resume in-person gatherings, right? So that's what's on the table. As if the logistical details weren't challenging enough how to maintain social distance, limit crowd size, whether or not to require masks, to sing or not to sing, what to do with children, and so on, the whole conversation is fraught with potential for division. If a congregation, and within it, a leadership team, is at all a microcosm of our larger society, it will contain a broad assortment of strongly held convictions— some will be eager to meet in person and impatient to wait much longer to get back to normal. Others will insist it's unwise to meet at all uh, until there is a vaccine or some uh, some break in this virus, right? Uh, plenty will f- fall somewhere in between. So this is kind of where they, they launch off into, uh, and I think this is a great launching point for our conversation. Uh, the, the author says... In such a precarious and polarizing environment, how can churches move forward in beautiful unity reflected in Psalm 133, where it says uh, how beautiful it is when uh, brothers dwell together in unity uh, rather than ugly division? It won't be easy, but by God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit working to unify us in ways our flesh resists, the opportunity is there for us to be a countercultural model for the rest of the world. Uh, And I think that is the opportunity that God is laying before us, that this is precarious. We've uh, taken weeks off of meeting together. And that is, that's hard. It's hard to do when you're missing Christian community, you're missing bumping into one another in the yep. lobby and saying, how are you doing? And looking eye to eye with other believers. It's different when you're sitting at home in your living room, uh, you know, watching a gathering online, it is not ideal. It is not uh, what we want yeah. to have for the long haul. Um, and, and yet uh, you know we're we're looking at the reality of coming back together as being more difficult than that.
1: Yeah, so yeah, for a season more difficult. And I think part of the part of the reason why it feels more difficult and and will be on some levels more difficult yeah. is not actually the logistics, but the opinions, right? So this is kind of back to where we started. What makes this so challenging is that each decision you're going to make as an individual now or as an organization, the organizational reality of church, is going to immediately cause a set of um, uh, held convictions to be brought to the table. And if those convictions align with your decision, there'll be lots of celebrating. And If those convictions don't align, there'll be lots of questioning, but the questioning then typically also uh, a frustration. So frustration, right? So I think a couple of things that make it very difficult. One, uh, we are, again, and I think... It, it's, it, it's just kind of where we found ourselves again is we are uh, a people of assumptions. So when you say something or you do something before I've had the time or opportunity to come to you and say, Hey, out of curiosity, like what, what's going on with you? I am making assumptions about why you're doing that or what the implications are to that or who you are because of that, etc. Just assumptions. I tell my kids all the time. They'll, they'll tell me something. Well, I thought I could this and this and this. And I'm like, did you ask anyone? Like, did you come to me and say, dad, can I such and such? No, but I thought. I'm like, that, that was your first mistake right there that you thought at all. No, I'm like, <laughs> oh no. Gosh. your first mistake is that you made an assumption. Yeah. I had a professor that said this to me all the time, right? Renault, assumptions uh, are, you say assumptions are the death of something, But and I, I'm forgetting now what it was, but he, his point was always like, every time you make an assumption, the chances are you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're very unlikely right and sometimes maybe. So mm-hmm. we make assumptions instead of seeking understanding. Yeah. Then based on those assumptions, we make judgments. And then based on those judgments, we, a relational dynamic takes place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So for, for me, one of the things that I'm having to realize is that in part, I've got to stop making assumptions about why people feel the way they do. Sure. And I've got to seek to understand. Uh, For example... we've talked about. We've talked a lot about in other contexts. But for example, um, maybe I am particularly cautious about this whole thing and I'm wanting to really be very cautious. So I'm making the assumption that you are fearful uh, of silly things. It's just a dumb virus. What's your problem? Uh, You're you're overthinking this, all that. But, But maybe I have no idea... That you've had certain experiences, or you have a certain personality type, that leans its way toward having reason for caution, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you grew up and there was an experience where you got sick when you were younger, and it was really, really bad, and you were, and and now you're like, I I don't, I, that sits in my head. On the flip side, you find somebody who's super frustrated that businesses aren't opening faster, and you're like, you just don't care about people. Well, maybe that person grew up in poverty, and they know what it feels like not to have a meal on their table at night and they've worked for 15 years never to have that happen to their family and now both of them don't have work and they're back here again and the credit card bills are growing and you're like i'm just making the assumption you don't care about people's health and you're just making the assumption i'm fearful about silly things neither of those are true yeah so we all have a place of fear coming from some either personality type or experience that we've been wired with or experienced. And if we seek to understand that, then something begins to happen. And I've said this in this journey is, then the timing of what we choose to do becomes an opportunity for us. So as I understand where your fears are, I can then choose to say, well, considering that in this timing and context, this is not gonna be our relationship ongoing. I may may choose to wear a mask when I'm around you, because I know this is an area that that's a way I care about you. Will I wear a mask every time we ever see each other for the rest of our lives? I I, I don't know, but right now I'm going to. Because we've talked a lot about this issue not just being an issue of which decision is made, but the timing of when it's made and how it's made. Because for us, a big uh, wrestle or tension is where we meet people where they are now Mm -hmm. and where we need to lead them to in the future. And so there are things we need to lead our culture out of Mm -hmm. in the spaces of concern and fear, but there are also places where we need to meet our culture where they are and that's also internally true of our biblical community. So we're just trying to wrestle with how do we understand the feelings and emotions of the people that have these different opinions and then how do we meet those feelings and emotions where they are and then how do we move past them over time and that should not just be an organizational question, that should actually be our relational question every time. How do I understand where you're at? Right. How do I meet you where you are, and how do I become a part of helping you get past wherever you are? And then if you're doing the same for me, we are both moving forward, mm-hmm. but meeting each other presently.
0: Yeah, and that's that's so important because the reality is, is everyone? You may have two people with the same opinion for different reasons, right? Yep. And you know, we we live in a world where we're we have complex dynamics, right? Um, everyone has a different set of circumstances. Everyone has a different background. Everyone has a different current reality and that's gonna affect the way that they interact with the world around them. And so someone who says you should wear a mask in public um, might say it for one reason, they might say it for another. And the only way that we can, we can or, or that you shouldn't wear a mask in public on either side of that coin, there could be 15 different reasons why that's coming to the table. We live in a world where the, the the media tries to do this, uh, politics tries to do this, where we just say everything is either on one side of the aisle or on one side of the table or one side of the coin or the other side. That's right. There's only two and opinions. And we lump everyone
1: into those two sides. Yeah,
0: and if you carry this opinion, it must be for this terrible reason. And if you carry this opinion, it must be for this terrible reason. And when you translate that into the church and into the body of Christ, uh, and there are things that we should be very concrete on, like sure. you know, God's word is trustworthy. Jesus is real. Yep. He's He's alive. Yep. He's returning. He is the way to salvation. We should be totally concrete on that. And yet, there are so many other realities, practical things that we deal with every day that we need to be so much more um, gentle and, yes. and and allow
1: people to like to 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 live in the tensions that they live in. You know, and so and this understand those. Tensions, that's right. So this you know. becomes. The principles here for how we relate have been true and will continue to be true regardless of the circumstances. The trouble is in this particular circumstance, the reason it feels so charged is because they feel emotional. Yeah. Because they, they they touch on very personal spaces, right? Yeah. So when you're not being conscious and protective of the physical well-being of the people around you, that's personal to me if I have concern for the physical well-being of some people I love of, of, my, of myself. Mm. If you are making a really big deal out of the fact that we need to be more cautious because people's lives are at risk and I've just lost or I'm about to lose my business and my income and everything. I'm th- that is no longer just two differing opinions. baptism by immersion or right. by sprinkling. right Well we can talk a lot about that, but right. this, is this is my my actual stability and well-being totally. and food for my family or your health right now, which I don't think is being affected, but you think is being affected. That's why this feels so crazy charged, right? right? And, and, and so we
0: don't do well in general in our culture with saying, it, and being okay with saying, it's really hard that, that you're struggling and concerned about health because of this reason. And it's really hard that people's businesses are struggling and that people's well-being is being yeah, affected. That's
1: right. Those can both be hard. They can both be hard yeah. and true at the same time. But yeah. we're not a culture that typically loves to do that because we feel like I'm always trying to help you understand so you why. We have to make a point. We have to make a point. Yeah. And so here's the other thing that begins to happen then is we make the assumption that if I get into a conversation with somebody and they have a differing opinion— and the conversation elevates emotionally. Mm -hmm. It starts getting charged, and we all know what that feels like. It it starts happening, right? Not you. It's never happened to you. Never. Literally this morning, I've had three conversations with Joel that got charged a little bit. (laughs) Um, And so (laughs) here's here's what happens though, right? Mm -hmm. The second that happens, we now take that personally. So instead of saying, I'm gonna make the assumption that if I'm going to have a conversation about stuff COVID-19 that relates to opinions about where we should go, the likelihood this is going to get charged is very high. Very high. Yeah. So now I've set that expectation. If you get a little charged up, that's okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's You don't hate me. Right. You're not getting charged up because you think I'm crazy. And if I get a little charged up, don't take it personally. Yeah. This is a big deal to me. Yeah. And if we can move beyond the, as soon as you get charged up, I feel bad or I feel I want out. But I'm like, no, no, it's okay. Now, granted, I'm not talking about like screaming at each other. Right. But you've, you sense the elevated yeah. emotions. I've kind of said to myself, conversations about the COVID stuff is going to be one of three formats. I'm just, I've set this bar for myself. Yeah. I'm talking to somebody I agree with. Right. And we're going to get very charged together. Yeah. Oh, that, that is so Rile each other up. We're going to rile each other up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to be okay with that within reason. Sure. But it is going to get little, and I, I, I should be careful not to absorb too much of, I knew I was right. Yeah, yeah. Look, here's my friend who's yeah. confirmed. And they've given me seven other reasons why I was it's right. Totally. So that's going to be one. and that'll that's be pre-
0: That is pretty much the format
1: of talk radio. Yeah, that's right.
0: In general. Yeah, that's, what that, that's what I'm going to do. A Second conversation, it,
1: it I'm going to be talking with somebody and I'm going, to, I'm going to be able to tell pretty quickly that either because of personality or because of uh, relational dynamics or whatever, uh, they're extremely hesitant to talk about much about this much deeper because they're not sure how to do that. And I want to be very gracious in those conversations to not be overbearing. Yeah. right? To really be c- conscious of like, if I start a conversation about the COVID stuff and I can see sort of a very timid, and I'm not talking about personality timid, I mean like just hesitant. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be sensitive to that and, and stay there. And then I'm going to have conversations with people that disagree with me. And uh, I, I don't want to pretend so that we don't have a disagreeable argument, but I also don't want to take personally that the second that conversation starts, it is going to be a little heated. Again, not like heated bad, right. but it's charged. gonna it's gonna feel charged. Yeah. And I want to walk in going, that's okay. I want to even say that. I want to say that to the person I'm talking to. Hey, we're both gonna. I'm sure both gonna a little charged here, but that's okay. That's how we navigate this. Because here's what here's what I want to get to. In this whole journey, I want to get to a place where I'm entering a conversation with two primary purposes: to understand why you are doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. if, especially if it is seems opposite to what I think is the right thing. And then to simultaneously move you and be moved by you. Mm-hmm. So I want to come in going, you have an opinion, I don't. Something about what you see, I'm not seeing. I want to see it so that maybe I will shift to a little bit more of a healthier space because I'm going to make the assumption that if I only have my opinions, I am, I'm off balance. Mm-hmm. And you are off balance as well with your opinions. That togetherness can bring us into greater balance. This is the idea of the body of Christ. You have certain gifts, talents, abilities, thoughts. I have a different set. And when we bring them together, we are more full on that. So mm-hmm. I want to come in, understand, and then be moved and move. Yeah, and, and if the conclusion of our conversation is we've understood, but we still disagree, then I want to be in that third category. I'm going to genuinely agree to disagree mm-hmm. because this is not gospel stuff. Mm-hmm. This is opinions. Mm-hmm. So that's a new skill set we have to learn as well. Right. To agree to disagree. So on
0: that point, really good, really good uh, uh, point to bring this up. So. Uh, first, Obi says it's been very unique trying to reset and get my butt out of the judgment seat. So he's kind of recognizing, yep, okay, you yep. know. And and Kim Shu says, um, yes, both and can be true. So she's yep. kind of talking about what yep. we we're mentioning there. Um, and, and this is a case where you do you doesn't really apply because what we do individually has an impact on those around us and society as a whole. Yep. So so there's a there's a sense that yes. Um, we want to recognize where we are in that judgment seat, feeling judgmental, having those attitudes, and, and then portraying those on others and, and the unhealthiness of that. And then there's a sense that like our behaviors and actions do affect others. Yes. And so how do you begin to kind of start to reconcile that in your mind and in your heart as you begin yeah. to kind of travel through your journey in society? And how would you as the lead pastor here at Mosaic um, want to encourage us as we're walking through society and walking through life and walking through this transition back towards as you would say normalcy what do we what do we do there like yeah,
1: yeah. so um I mean even those are difficult questions right and that's kind of the point of this but yeah but I, I would say a couple of things just personally for me that I'm constantly trying to keep in my mind mm-hmm. as I enter spaces. So this is going to kind of be a smorgasbord of stuff, but, but these are the things that literally- Hang on tight, everybody. On a, on a, on a day-to-day, I'm, I'm conscious of mm-hmm. as I'm doing life right now. Right, right, So I am asking myself in regularity, what rights do I have mm-hmm. that being laid down in this moment would have a dramatic and important impact on those around me? Mm-hmm. So, so that is a question I'm trying to keep in mind. I have a t- typically a personality that is very, very, um, has, a, has, a, has a visceral reaction toward legalism, mm, right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm almost more rules. comfortable with lawlessness than legalism. Uh-huh. I'm not comfortable with lawlessness, right, don't, right. don't go quote that. For the record. Yeah. But like, if I, if I absolutely had to pick, like, I'm like, this legalism stuff that has been so detrimental on so many levels, especially in religious spaces, my natural tendency is when I smell of legalism, yeah, bucket, which is essentially rules that make no sense. They're mm-hmm. just rules for the sake of rules, right? Yeah. They may have had a purpose, but they're now purposeless. So whenever I find purposeless rules or purposeless principles, I typically press into them. Mm-hmm. I stir the pot. Yeah. So uh, in Christian circles, I do this a lot in terms of the t- types of things we talk about, right? right. Like I'm like, there's certain things, we are Christians, so we don't talk about them. I'm like, we're also adults and married. So at this right. point, we got to talk about some of those things right. just in case kids are watching. I kept that clean. Did you notice that? That was so good. Could you spell uh, that for me? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then I will be the first one to like throw it on the table because people are always like, pastors are going to be uncomfortable in this space. I'm like, right. no, 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 no. Yeah. The stuff we typically don't. So that's me, right? Right. Now, now let's apply that mm-hmm. to a grocery store. I come into Publix. Mm-hmm. There's a sign on the ground that has a cross on it. Don't walk down this aisle. There's no one down that aisle. Yeah. Zero. The aisle is empty. Right. And the peanut butter is two shelves down this way. Yeah. Like I'm walking the wrong way. Yeah. Like there's no version in my head that I'm like <laughs> I'm not. No. Yeah. No. Why? And for you, it's just one step anyway. It's just one yeah. step. So, not, so my long. one foot stays outside the there. No, but, but like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like I'm I'm gonna walk down that way. Yeah. So. What what I'm having to do for myself is, is say, is this a moment where I need to make a decision that has no logic to it, but it is for the sake of a person? So I'll give you an example of that. There was a person in an aisle standing close to one side of the aisle at Publix two days ago. They had a mask on, right? As many people do. And I literally i was like there's zero version of me walking the wrong wrong way right now that will have any negative impact on this person's physical well-being i'm six feet from them i couldn't throw the disease at them if i tried they're wearing a mask anyway but i knew in that moment i just sensed in that moment they're standing this you know closer to me than the other side of the uh, of the long aisle they're alone i can walk by them but me going the wrong way right now might just make them feel uncomfortable that, that's, that is its grand impact. Right. It will make them feel a little uncomfortable. What is this person? So guess what I did? I went anyway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I walked to the next aisle and with all this somewhat frustration in me about the insanity of this moment, not, I'm not saying aisles one way or the other. Sure, I'm just like, right. I walked all the way down one aisle past four people which yep. I'm like this is far worse right. from a virus standpoint right. came back around why that was a right I had to walk cuz it's not a command I'm not there's not a policeman telling me I have to it's right. a suggestion right. but I laid down that momentary right and and swallowed that frustration mm-hmm. for the sake of somebody's comfort in that moment mm-hmm. now it doesn't mean I'm going to do that every time right. but it means I'm conscious of it in my head what rights can I lay down for the sake of the well-being of somebody else's moment. And if I can, I'm I'm gonna choose. Paul said it beautifully when he was writing. And he said, look, I will become anything for any person if it might win some. And I mean, he was talking about a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, and Timothy got
0: circumcised as an adult male. So that people could experience the gospel. I mean, you wanna talk about like laying down a right right and and doing something for the the sake of another person.
1: There is precedent for this, right? Now, at the same time, I'm also conscious of this. I'm conscious of my... <laughs> I
0: L- can't wait. LA just said, go down the aisle backwards like a moonwalk. <laughs> that was a great LA, idea.
1: I've <laughs> been there and done that. But not in the moonwalk. Just walking backwards. I would love to see Renault attempt I actually walked backwards down an aisle. Can you imagine? Because that? I have walked partly down the aisle. And then I'm like, and there was a person, I'm like, I, I missed what I needed, but I'm not going. So I walked backwards because I'm like, does that count? I had a moment where I was like <laughs> three I'm quarters, the I way. was three quarters of a way
0: down the wrong way down an aisle in Publix. And I was like, shoot, I went the wrong way. There was a guy stalking. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm going the wrong way. And I just kept yeah.
1: like, what do you do? Yeah. This is such a weird so, world we live in. But so on yeah. the one hand, I've got that in my mind, right? right? right. Then on the other hand, I've, I've also got this in my mind. There's a time and a place where just like with any legalism, if you allow a culture or a, or a church or a leadership or a person to forget why they bought into certain things. So I'll give you an example in this journey, right? There has been reason for us to do a number of things during the height of this virus. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And we've done those things right. with the intent of slowing down this virus. Right. When this virus slows down, And we accomplish that thing that we try to do. We are going to be tempted as a society to keep in play a whole bunch of things because they're in play now. Mm -hmm. I I see this a lot of times when an entire system has been created because of a real reason. And then afterwards, you're asking yourself four years later, why is this system still in place and nobody can answer the question, but there it is and it costs millions of dollars well, it's, now it's and so It's we... like
0: laws on the books in Florida that are crazy. I mean, there's like a law literally on the books that you're not allowed to shower naked.
1: That I don't feel like that's super crazy. Yeah, I mean... Uh, the rest of you, but... That's... Now, that's a real law. It's, uh, yeah. now, now, that's a perfect example of the intent of what they meant by that. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean like in your house, in your bathroom, you shouldn't. But that's what the law actually technically says. That's what it says. And that's yeah. because there used to be outdoor showers and all mm-hmm. that's that. That's right. So we have these things. And I want to make sure that I'm also doing what I've always done, which is at times, if there is legitimately no reason for something, then I want to at least be a voice of reason in that. So... A lot of talk has happened, you know, the emperor uh, who's, who has no clothes on, mm-hmm. right? That story, that little fairy tale. Mm-hmm. The idea of the fairy tale is an entire society has made a decision about something and there are a few people that clearly need to speak up but they don't, so it takes a child to kind of go, I'm sorry, mommy and daddy, but the guy has no clothes on. And i know you can't say that. So I have simultaneously in my head two thoughts. One, where can I lay out down my rights for the sake of others? And that would include things like their physical well-being, their emotional well-being, other things, right? And then where am I now just doing things because that's what everybody does and that's what everybody has said is the right thing to do. But when you actually sit down and say why, nobody has an answer because it's not. So for example, walking down the aisle the wrong way when there's not a single human being in the aisle. I'm like, I know I have consciously made a decision. This is not gonna impact anybody negatively in any way that is-
0: And you so, know what the purpose of the law And
1: I know what the purpose or, or of the, the law rule. was. And so I'm. if there were nine people in the aisle, so my point 100%. isn't just so you know, to like make a point about the aisles. It's just, you said it well. These are all it's metaphors metaphor for things right. now, right? So I do want to make sure that what I don't end up being six months down the road is a person that behaved constantly in submission to the greater populace, just because they did. And I don't want to shake the boat. I need to shake the boat when it's appropriate to shake the boat. So this comes back to that timing thing, which is my third reality is I've got to be very conscious of when these things happen, right? Mm So I've been saying for a while, when do we begin to shepherd our people out of unnecessary fear? Mm -hmm. Has there been some necessary caution Cautionary 100%. fear. Yes. Yeah. But at what point does this perpetuate into unnecessary fear? And I'm going to have to speak into that. And some people are going to be like, you, you can't, you know, th- this is, when do I not? Because even though it may currently, I may have the opinion, this is an unnecessary fear. It still could be a necessary fear. I don't know enough to say right. it's not. Right. Or it may be unnecessary, but we're still in the height of some spaces that make it feel significant. Yeah. So timing of when and how we interact with people yeah. and when we choose to say, I think I hear you, but I really think there's some information you don't have or you just, you're looking at this wrongly. When we do that, how we do that matters. So I'm thinking about it that. When do I just let on a right for the sake of another? When do I need to take a stand, even though it will seem to many that I'm being foolish. If I'm going to do that, why am I doing that? So that I'm not just being foolish. I have a reason. Can I articulate that reason? And then timing on doing that or speaking out that is all part of it. And then at the end of all of that, the one thing I'm keeping in my head constantly is this. Renaud, you do not know why this person feels the way that they do right. and why they're doing what they're doing before you decide how foolish they are. Mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you've had a conversation with them. And if you haven't had the, prop, the privilege of having a conversation with them, then you can make no judgment about their foolishness because the knowledge they have and the experience they have and the personality they have combined, they are making a decision. And that is something you need to understand their experience, their personality, and their knowledge before you can assume that their decision is foolish. And yeah. I'm, I'm having to fight this like Obi said because I'm telling you, man, right now I read an article and depending on what it says, I'm like, are you, are you insane? Like I feel it inside me. And mm-hmm. then I've got to stop and say, you, do you know enough right now legitimately? Or have you had like one three minute Facebook conversation with your friend, the doctor? Mm-hmm. And so you now can tell this medical article that it's stupid. Right. Like, and then I, I have to tell myself, you do not know enough. Right. To make this judgment call right now. So have your opinion. That's okay. You don't have to be like, I don't know. Like, I disagree with this. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to call this person a fool, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So those are some of the things I'm just trying to kind of keep in mind. Yeah. Um, And I think just having a posture, and that's just
0: humility, right? Like to say, I don't have all the answers and I don't have all the information. And that's the posture Jesus encourages us to take, like, with one another. Have the same mind Jesus had that he lowered himself. I mean, obviously Jesus had all the knowledge, all the power, but he condescended, became a human, yep. um, lived lived a, a human sinless life. The God-man came to be among his people. And our call is to have that attitude where we consider others uh,
1: better than ourselves. Yes, yeah, that's right.
0: And how do we do that? It's, it's hard. And I will um, say this too, sure. and
1: I'll just put this last one on the table, just because I think this is important uh, because it's the tension that I'm living in. Mm-hmm. There, there are three tensions as far as I can tell in our current society that are all three important and they have to all three be considered. And when you make a decision, you have to on some level think about all three of these, yeah. at least in my opinion. So mm-hmm. this, I'm trying to process all three of these simultaneously. One is the physical well-being of others or the emotional well-being of others. So when I say physical, I mean I can actually impact you virally right. or I don't think I can but emotionally it can feel like that. And so so wearing a mask would be an example right. of that when I'm in the proximity of certain people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the physical and well-being of, of people. Then the importance of freedom. Like we have spent centuries working at having a free country and a democracy and the people and, and all of this stuff, right? And there is a sense in which under certain realities and crises how much does the government and the enforcing bodies enforce too much to the point where we are voluntarily relinquishing freedoms that people died to fight for? So I'm very conscious of that. I grew up in a military family. I have military friends, people. uh, I, I have police officers and firemen and doctors and nurses who are on the front lines of keeping our society free and healthy. And I'm like, these people fought so we could have a freedom we just need to be conscious. Now, hear me very carefully on this. I don't think we're at a point at all where our freedoms are being stolen by the government. Right. There's there's extremes of that. But- But we but always have to be aware. We, we, if if yeah. we are unaware of that, if, yeah. if I don't take that into consideration at all, is this a freedom that is necessary to currently have the government step in and how temporarily or how long-term can they? Can they tell me that or can't they? And And the question isn't, so let's say the, the governor or the president says we have to do a certain thing, and constitutionally they can't do that. I might still actually go, I, I will by all means do that thing, because I know you're trying to protect. But if I'm not having the conscious thought, remember, this is a constitutional right that if we leave alone on this table, in this circumstance, in 10 years, this one is no longer something assumed to be a constitutional right, right? We've got to fight for that. So we've got to fight for the physical and emotional well-being of our people, our friends, our family, our congregation, and our community. We've got to fight to be voices for freedom. I'm always aware of that. And we have to realize that people's real uh, uh, financial and not even financial resource well-being, food on the table, rent for a house, not being evicted, is being impacted by this. And I have to be very concerned for all three of those things, instead of being concerned for one at the cost of the
0: other two. And that's the big thing is that a lot of times people get very myopic with one of those three uh, things and everything becomes about it and nothing else can be valid. And the reality is is all three of those things are happening. And I think on the note of the, the constitutional freedoms, I think as followers of Jesus, it's important to remember that the constitutional freedoms for which we are um, most responsible are the ones that protect our our rights, our unalienable rights uh, as human beings to worship and serve Jesus and to live for Jesus. There are many freedoms that we have constitutionally that are not Christian in in nature and necessary to live a Christian life in nature um, that I can choose to fight as an American, but that Fight for as an American, yeah. but I always have to remember yep. the first and foremost uh, rights that I have to fight for is to yep. express my, yep. you know, um, my ability my, to follow right Jesus, but That's also right. to love people. That's right. And so there may be at times, there may come a time in 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 life as an American where uh, I ha- I possess a right as an American that I don't need as a Christian, and in order to be a uh, more faithful follower of Jesus, I need to lay down my American right and express my Christian. That's right. right in that, and, and so, and
1: I think to, I, to just balance totally, that but, out. But I think uh, also the issue to me is not so much what exactly or how exactly we articulate our freedoms. That will change over centuries, right? right. It will shape a little bit. Right. It's more the importance of recognizing when freedom is being when when the line is is being pressed into and just going, look, it's appropriate. Like I've said on multiple occasions to people that have said to me, oh my gosh, they're overstepping their bounds in every way, talking about the government or whatever. And and this is what I've said to them. I've said, this is a unique circumstance. Give them a little bit of time and grace and space because this unique, they're trying to protect something that they're feeling as out of control as we are. If this continues post this unique space, we will have a conversation. Right. That's my point, yep. is we have to be vigilant. That's all.
0: Hundred percent. So
1: vigilance to other people's needs around us, vigilance to our freedoms, and making sure we're a voice for freedom, but not a stupid voice in the middle of unique circumstance and uh, a, a, a place where we're saying, man, I, I I want to care about and try to help the well-being of people's financial stability because that is a roof over their heads. And, and that ends up being emotional and physical well-being as well.
0: Totally, so, yeah. all of those things. But the point yeah. is to have all three in your mind.
1: So really good
0: uh, thought here. How do you know when you're humbling yourself like Jesus humbled himself and made himself of no, no account and when you were appeasing another at an unhealthy level? So this is a little bit of a sidestep to this conversation no, no, from I, I, uh, Leslie Aziz and it's great great question. But um, what, what is the difference between laying your rights down and laying, laying your opinions down and all that and then being run over? By, yeah. By people? So, I, so I, it's a great question. A and and
1: I, would, I would say this, um, they often look identical in their outward expression, right? So that's why the question, because, right. okay, I'm making this decision to lay down my rights for this person How do I know that I'm doing it for Jesus and not just because I'm afraid? Mm -hmm. And the truth is that that boils down to uh, the reality of what is happening internally. So it takes a little bit of self-examination with the Holy Spirit to Mm -hmm. say, okay, as I make this decision, was I really making this decision because I'm afraid of what this person's going to think? So if if I'm using that language, I'm afraid of what they're going to think. I'm afraid they're going to judge me. I'm afraid... Then the likelihood is I'm making that decision because I am afraid of what people are going to think about me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not to say I mean, we we all make those decisions every day, yeah, out of that motive. Yeah. So that that's normal, mm-hmm. but just be aware, like I, I I made that decision because of that. So if I find myself that
0: every day- yeah, and I would say Leslie too, you know, you're you've got to consider what does it look like to be like Jesus to each person in each circumstance, and to recognize that sometimes being like Jesus to someone who is in a really unhealthy place is to lovingly rebuke them. And yeah. sometimes being like Jesus to somebody who is just struggling
1: is to put your arm yeah. around them or to lay your rights down for that's them. Right. And so Jesus,
0: recognizing
1: that there that's are right. different situations. Jesus was amazing on this planet in this dynamic because when you read his story, there were times where he would do things that stood opposed to everyone's opinion, right? Yeah. I mean, he broke the Sabbath right. according to populists and opinions. Sure. And then the leadership was like, what have you done? And there's many other things. Jesus would do stuff that everybody was like, what is yeah. he thinking? Yeah. And then other times he would do stuff where you're like, why did you do that? It's like you just did it because you care about this person. Right. He's like, yes, that's why I did it. And so Jesus demonstrated to us that there isn't a formula here always lay yourself down for everyone around you is the right move or never lay yourself down and let them let them have, ha- take your rights is the right move. No, it's every circumstance best you can walk in. And if you're about to make a decision, you might just want to say, is this out of fear mm-hmm. of some form yep. or is this out of like love? And I would say that's the simplest way I would ask myself is, yeah. am I afraid of something?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Afraid of, consequence or somebody's going to think this or am I just like feeling compassion toward this group of people this person and so I'm acting out of that I'm either acting out of a version of fear I'm acting out of a version of love yeah and I will know and if I'm acting out of a version of fear my best bet usually is to say I'm not going to do that then Mm -hmm. and if I'm acting out of a version of love then my best bet is usually to say Whatever it costs me, I'm going to do this now. Because
0: God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, uh, love, uh, and a sound and, mind. Right. So, and, and you know the same Jesus, Leslie, uh, who walked, who said, when the the Roman soldier asks you to carry, you know the cloak, you know carry his tunic as well, and don't go one mile, which he can require you to do, go a second mile, and when you're slapped, turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. That guy uh, also said to the woman caught in adultery. Uh, I don't condemn you. Whoever has no sin through the first stone that he said that as well. And that same Jesus also cleared a temple, turning tables, kicking out all of the, the merchants there and said, don't don't turn my father's house into
1: a den of thieves. And he, he, fashioned, he, he fashioned a whip before doing that. And whip and, and literally like whip. And, and he um, told the Pharisees, the Jewish leadership, you're a bunch of whitewashed tombs. Yeah, brood of vipers. Uh, brood of vipers. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. so the thing is we go into each situation and I guess what we ask ourselves is, this decision I'm about to make or the one I just made, did I make it out of a place of fear? Or did I make it out of a place of compassion or love? Yeah. And that's, and 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 listen, let me just, you're not going to get that right every time. In yeah. fact, uh, half the time, you're not going to know if you made it out of fear totally. or love, because here's why. It was a bit of both. Uh, and sometimes they happen to align. The loving move also matches with what you were afraid of. And so it works out really well for you. And that's why the Holy so,
0: Spirit living inside yeah. us is so important, that that we have communion with God, that we have the disciplines of the faith that are, Uh, rhythms of intimacy in our lives so that we are in tune with the spirit and can live in step with the spirit. And when we screw it up, which we will, we repent, we ask God uh, and others for forgiveness and we move forward. And I hope that we can, we can do that well as we move back into uh, a transition toward normal life again, uh, however long that may take. Let's be people of grace and love toward one another. Let's, Let's recognize if every single comment we make about this thing is along the exact same line maybe we're out of balance. Yep. Um, if every uh, friend that we have is singing the same tune, maybe we need a more diverse uh, group of friends. Like if, and if we're reading we the same articles it, yeah. or
1: listening to the same yeah. people, like let's maybe broaden that. And, and when we're talking to one another, yeah. let, us, let us just agree to do this. It's going to get a bit heated. Okay, check. I don't hate you, you don't hate me. Yeah, we're still It's just and going to get a bit heated at yeah. times because we've got some charged stuff. Okay, good. Yeah. So we check that box and we say, I'm going to get in some conversations and when they get heated, I don't have to bail from the conversation or get more heated. I can mm. just go, yeah. Two, I am going to have the tendency when my opinion starts rising to stop wanting to understand and start wanting to convert. And I just got to stop myself and go, let me continue to try to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And when I ask the person, well, explain yourself. I got to give them some time because maybe they haven't had a chance to really thought through, think through why. So lots of grace, lots of compassion toward each other, lots of willingness to work through some hard things and lots of desire to understand. And then here's the big one. Let me be humble enough to say, I know some stuff, but I don't know everything. So this person I'm talking to might bring to the table some thoughts that instead of if I just write them off because they're part of the other side, I go, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I've never looked at it that way. I'm not sure I agree, but I'll go, I'll go think about that instead of just like, you're wrong. I read a different article on that. It's going to make for a way, way more beautiful and loving and compassionate re-entry into whatever the new normal is going to be.
0: And I think maybe the final thing is to just remember to be praying for uh, the leaders in our government. Pray for our church and the church leaders. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for those who are sick. Pray for those who are on the front lines. Uh, pray for those whose businesses are hurting. All of those things, right? Yep. And I think maybe that'd be a great way to end our time together. Yep. Uh, so maybe I'll just pray for us. Sounds and excellent. we'll call it a day. Thanks, guys, for being with us on Lunch, Lunch Hour with Renault. God, we just come before you uh, grateful that you've invited us into your story and that you've put us on this planet at this time. Uh, to be beacons of uh, the gospel uh, in a world who desperately uh, needs the, the gospel. God, we pray that you would uh, be with those who uh, you've placed in authority and government. I, we know that our society has cast votes, but ultimately, God, you are sovereign, and so we uh, we pray uh, for those who are in leadership uh, today, knowing that ultimately. Uh, you are the one who is on the throne. God, we pray that they would make wise decisions. Uh, God, we pray that uh, they would have level heads. God, that they would not uh, move too quickly in either direction. And God, that they would uh, have great counsel and advice. Um, And God, that they would do everything that they can do to move this thing forward in a way that works uh, well for everyone who's involved. God, we pray um, where our uh, people are struggling. God, uh, on many, many, many different levels. God, we pray for people who are struggling um, on the uh, virus side of things, those who have contracted the virus, people who have uh, uh, lost loved ones. God, we pray for comfort. God, we pray for uh, people who are on the front lines fighting against this virus. God, the, uh, the toll that they have um, uh, paid, uh, their, their own uh, lack of sleep, their own busyness, uh, their family, all the things that have gone on with that. God, we pray for those frontline workers, God, the nurses and doctors, people in the medical field, janitors, God, people who are uh, cleaning hospitals, God, people who are uh, in, in places where they are uh, exposed, at risk, uh, people who are delivering boxes and meals and uh, working at restaurants and in grocery stores. God, we pray for them and we ask that you protect them. God, we also pray uh, for those who are struggling financially as a result of this. God, we pray for those who've lost jobs and lost income, God, who've lost stability. Uh, who have lost uh, uh, retirement income, all of the things that uh, have happened as a result of this. God, we pray uh, for um, God, the leaders of the churches in our city and in our state and in our nation and in our world who are figuring out how to uh, figure out this new reality of uh, doing doing church um, in a new way and Uh, with new guidelines and all of those things. God, give us wisdom as we step into that. And God, we pray for the body of Christ, uh, that we would be unified and love one another, uh, regardless of our differing opinions. God, that we would continue to love one another as you love us. And God, we just pray that you'd give us uh, kindness and wisdom and gentleness and uh, the ability to listen and understand uh, one another. And God, that you would help us to be uh, light and salt, as you've called us to be, uh, God, help us to love one another in our homes. God, I pray, uh, God, against um, strife and against uh, bickering and anger and frustration. God, I pray for emotional health. I pray for all uh, all of the uh, relational dynamics that are happening right now in people's homes. Uh, we've been uh, walking through some, some cooped up environments for a long time. So we just pray that you would give us grace uh, during this time. God, we look to you. You are where our help uh, comes from. So give us wisdom. We know that you know what to do.
1: And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for joining us today. So good uh, to be with you. And we'll catch you next week.